Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, dear viewers. Welcome to episode 99 of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. This penultimate Pantheon podcast puts its focus on a recently released newsletter, some exciting upcoming events, and a ton of community content this week. Please grab your preferred weapon of choice and join me, Desrin, and my poignant co-host, Derek, as we skill up in this podcast. We truly hope you enjoy this week's Rewind. All right, man. These last two weeks have been crazy, right? Like, there's just so mm-hmm. much going on. There's, like, so much info, so much progress. It's like, oh, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. just in time for good old Mother Nature to bring down her wrath of the immune <laughs> system on you. Right, Derek? Uh, yeah, totally. It's unfortunate because I just woke up feeling super gross today. Um it's kind of leveled off as the day has gone on. I was telling you before we started recording that I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to getting sick. And I just like <laughs> any little thing and I, I just curl up and become a, you know, human <laughs> jellyfish with no backbone. But um, I actually used today um, productively. I, I started watching season two of The Witcher on Netflix. Oh, super which, productive. Uh, I hadn't got, yeah, super productive, but I hadn't got to it yet. And it is awesome. I love it so much. It's so much better than season one. I, I liked season one. <laughs> But season two, like, leans into all the things that make The Witcher cool, which is, you know, and I've said it before, it's one of my favorite games. But, man, it was, so I, I had a sick day today, but it was sick time well spent. Yeah, you had a, so you had a sick okay. day, but you also had a sick day. <laughs> That's right. Wow, nice. That's even almost as good as your alliteration there in the in the intro. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> You're on point today. I'm on point. Um, point, yes. Uh, my poor pop filter. Uh Oh, wow. Let's, <laughs> let's try our pop filters. Test them to the max, shall we? Oh, yeah, man. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad you're at least ready to do our rewind this week. Um, and, uh, but you know, you know what sure. always makes me feel better, Derek? Uh, knowing that? that we've always got our adventuring party at our backs whenever we need them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this week we've got Ziplocs on the Darkmer Rogue, Sparrow on the Elf Ranger, Bounty Code on the Human Wizard, Screech on the Scar Bard, Wiki Woo on the Human Enchanter, Shuriken on the Dwarf Cleric, Jason on the Scar Beard Lord, Bitcrunch on the Ashen Elf Shaman. So thanks again, everyone, for your continued epic support of our platform and podcast. We'll always focus on, uh, you know, making you all proud uh, in every way that we can find and, and always give back. <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to help us and uh, join the adventuring party, though, feel free to drop a super chat donation during the YouTube premiere or check out our Patreon for more permanent seat in the party if you're not able to make the premiere. Um, but again, y'all are awesome. Help make this all possible. So uh, you're, you're part of the team. And thanks a lot. Um, and I mean, th- this is going to be a really big one, Theric. I mean... <laughs> I, it is. I, it is. I hesitate to to dive in, but I think it's time to face face the wall of text that lies before us. <laughs> hey, I say let's put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> Fantastic! Let's go. This week in Visionary Realms news and notes. All right, so let's take a look at the April newsletter um, and get started there. So along with this lovely new uh, screenshot that we got, uh, this month VR gave us a lot of interesting stuff to chew on, like we talked about, um, including the combat update that Minus teased in the live stream last week. So Desert, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I definitely have some thoughts about it, and we're going to get to that <laughs> because there's a lot to break down. But um, let's start with the with the producer's letter and, and just look at one thing that they mentioned. They talked about their ongoing integration of the networking solution, which you know we're well aware of. We talk about it every time. Um, I don't think there was much news here, so I don't want to spend too much time on this one unless you had any anything to say about that. I mean, I I do think it's worth noting that in, in the notes it says they've got a local build running with vinyl integrated, like right now. Yeah, that's true. Um yeah. I, I think that's a great sign uh that like, you know, really soon they're gonna be testing a build uh with vinyl like internally. Um, you know, if not <laughs> if not with uh VIP testers and, and such, but um 
But I think it's really important that they have that local build already. That means, you know, it's prob- probably running on Kyle's computer and just kind of awaiting to get merged back into mm-hmm. the rest of the project. And then uh, then it's yeah. it's on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that trip, boy, I wish I could sneak into their offices and play that local build on Kyle's computer because oh, it would be so sweet. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's exciting. So it's, you know, again, wait and see and, and wait to hear more about that. Um, something a little more news uh, noteworthy that came along was an area that we talked about on last week's show as sort of a surprise update was the crafting systems. Mm. Um, and this month they said the teams, and this is the quote, they started to implement the building blocks of their crafting systems. Now, they mentioned back-end support for materials and recipes has been added and a front-end crafting interface will be introduced shortly. So, you know, I kind of read this and I was like, you know, that's something's interesting about this. And that's because I remember seeing Minus craft those daggers in Fortress de Bayer, right? Mm. Um, the legendary first crafter of Pantheon. Um, and there did appear to be a working crafting system in place at that time. So I kind of, you know, I just thought back and I'm like, well, what was that? You know, like, what was that exactly? Is it going to look like that? Is it going to be something totally different? Because, you know, I'm sure that was just like a roughed in sort of thing for the purpose of, um, you know, the evaluation experience that, that Devayar was intended to be, I guess. Um, what's your, what's your assessment of this uh, crafting news that they gave us does? Yeah, I think that really is worth noting and, and kind of talking about unpacking a little bit. Cause um, you know, they, they may have had this pr- prototype, you know, in a, at that point as, as we saw obviously. And so on one hand, the casual viewer might think, wait, like, why is this news? You know, <laughs> they've, they've had it in for like a year. Um, but right. the truth is it kind of more just illustrates the difference um, in in scope and time between a prototype and a finished system. And what we're getting now is like very much sounds like is the system we'll actually be seeing in-game um, at scale. Uh, that's a really important right. distinction. It's like they can throw something together to prove a concept, um, mm-hmm. even make it functional in-game. But now this is the, the foundation of the actual system. Now that it's kind of been put through its paces, they build it out to scale real crafting. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of it's kind of like, you know, we don't know what that's going to look like. You can sort of think of it like they showed, but it's probably going to be much more than that. I mean, that was a very simple system with really nothing more than, you know, put a couple things in a box and something else pops out kind of yeah, thing. Exactly. Um, we know Nafel is not going to be satisfied with the system <laughs> as simple as that, given his history and his you know depth of knowledge when it comes to crafting systems. But you know, to to, to the the phrase "building blocks," I think is is a little bit like you know um, not worrisome, but you hear it and you're like, "Oh, what?" Yeah, <laughs> back to step A. You know, like people don't really want to hear building blocks, but I guess that that is what it is. You know, they they are building it again from the, from the ground up and, and looking at like, you know, the, the, the fundamentals of it. Yeah. I would almost uh, call so. it like the essentials um, because yeah. it's not necessarily the start, which is kind of what you get right from building blocks it, or like fundamentals. It like sounds like, Oh, it's the start. But a- as it says, you know, even though they use building blocks, they're saying like, yeah, we're, we're about to put a front end UI on it. So it's, it's like, it's right. It's actually like, Hey, we're almost to the, like, workable like in-game like this is in so you know phrasing right as as usual right yeah and i mean we that's where the roadmap comes in right because then you look at like the different um the different stages that are denoted on the roadmap so design complete to do in progress and complete those are the four different ones that they have right so the crafting system is is it much more than a design complete kind of stage right yeah. it's moved beyond that and it's now they're they're basically saying this is now an in-progress thing or, or a to-do it's be i i would read it as being somewhere between to-do and in-progress right so um I, you know i would the, actually go what, say it's fully in progress I, I i would go that far honestly i think right. uh from what it sounds like this is something they are integrating now um, which is how I kind of right. interpret in progress. You know, if it's to do, it means it's kind of like ready, but not like there yet. Uh, but this sounds yeah. like it's something that they're fiddling with. Uh, yeah. I'm actually looking at the roadmap while we're talking because I couldn't remember if it's on the roadmap and it's not. So crafting and, and harvesting um, is is doesn't appear on the roadmap and it's not. So it doesn't get one of those labels. But, um, you know, I guess that's, you know, that's the assessment that we're that we're making of it. And we might be right. We might be wrong. We don't know. 
But um, speaking of the roadmap, you know, the crafting piece was just one of the items that was updated. So let's see what else has been updated uh, since last month. So in fact, you know, almost all of the updated items this month come under the art category. And let's, the first one being the zones. Um, the newsletter says that they're now focused on core assets and construction of Sohirith, which of course we saw, you know, in the, in the dev live stream and the impressive video of Sohirith, uh, the tree city of the halflings. Um, and this was the same language they used when they said they were talking about the building the Daedrum Ascent, about the core assets and construction. And if we use that as an example, you can kind of take that and extrapolate it a little bit to what might we see, you know, what might we expect to see in the Halfling Village. So what did we see in the Daedrum Ascent? We saw some, we saw that shrine, we saw some braziers, we saw uh, you know that dragon stand outside on the on the ledge so you know in the halfling village i'm thinking you know homes and shops and all the things you'd expect to find in a, in a little town kind of thing um and if that's the case you know what's what's actually cool here is that you can look back you can check the concept art for what those might look like because there there is concept art there's quite a bit of concept art about so here mm -hmm. i did a, a video a little while ago talking about this and really digging into the details of this and i'm going to put it in the video reel here so if you're watching this on youtube you can see what we're talking about because um it's pretty cool and i'd love to see this now translated into laid over top of what we saw of so here um so uh you know this this has been around for a while this artwork's not new um it's so it's reasonable to actually assume and in my mind that development for the 3D assets to represent this art probably won't take that long, probably won't be that long of a process since the art is there and it's already sort of, the ideas are there. It's just a matter of modeling it, I guess. Um, I love the de the detail and the design of the halfling homes, the apothecary, like the garden that they showed with like the root, you know, the plants growing in the planter box outside. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff really speaks to me and I, and I love that stuff, so... Um, you, what did you, what do you think about this in terms of them developing these assets and concept pieces? Oh man, I, I'm just really excited to see some new, like final assets. Like, I, you know, I, I would, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't even say loosely like final, but like these should be pretty much final assets. Right. And, uh, I mean, the halfling style is also kind of one of the more stylized, um, right. Like uh, more high fantasy feeling to me. And uh, so, I, you know, usually I, I lean towards kind of a more realistic fantasy. Um, and so I'm right. kind of eager to see how this side of the spectrum is going to look. Uh, I think it's the concept art is very tasteful, um, but also very like colorful. And uh, yeah, it is very colorful. Yeah. yeah I, I, so I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the style emerge, but also just seeing final art. Uh, and and how that translates all the way through the pipeline now. I think this is going to be kind of our first look at a concept to final like bit of assets, uh, assuming they show us, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> assuming they show right. us the final right. uh, results at some point. And so that is really exciting because you can kind of extrapolate that out to other things we've seen in concept to see, you know, how close can we expect this to be to the what's in the game, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's always the question, isn't it? You know, like how how closely can they represent that concept art in the game, you know, to in-game stuff? And, um, you know, that materials video, I think, is a good example of it when they showed all the different materials and then the Daedrum Ascent represents, uses those materials in its construction, I think is really, really a, the sort of the quintessential representation of that process. Um, and speaking of, you know, from concept art to models, uh, one thing we talked about just not that long ago was seeing a model of the giants, yeah. the Gigana, you know, from the February uh, update when they did the stuff on um, the Galdasi ruins. Now, we we talked about this and after I saw it, after we talked about it, I actually kept thinking, I was like, I sure I had seen one somewhere previously. And uh, sure enough, this was a while ago. They did actually release a 3D render of a giant. So I guess, you know, <laughs> post apologies for saying, why don't you do this? It would have been a great thing. They did. <laughs> um, it wasn't, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was in the recent stream. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. But um, anyway, I found it and I, uh, I dug it up and took a look at it. And it's pretty awesome. Like it pretty much is a close representation of their, their art um, on a 3D model. I've uh, 
again, I'll put this in the video reel so everybody can see it. And, and Desiree, you're, you're seeing it now here. So do you remember seeing this before or, or did I mention this or were we just remiss and forgot about it? I mean, it? I, I totally forgot. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, there, there's, it's been a long time and uh, I, I will admit, I still forget things uh, very often of the vast pool of information that really is out there. Um, I will be really curious to see if what you have here is actually something in the game. <laughs> and if what we are going to see, you know, maybe, you know, if they show the actual 3d model, the new mm -hmm. one, uh, if, if they're separate entities or if this is the evolved version or et cetera, et cetera, you know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, when, when their tools are evolving, when they, they update their tools, you know, there's always potential for something to look different than it had at one point. And like I said, this comes from a little while back, so yeah. who knows? Yeah. Oh, one thing um, worth noting on, on this though, is mm. that they, they did say they have the model in, but as of, um, recording the position for a, uh, character rigor, uh, animator is still on the website. So, uh, it's possible, uh, that this is just the model. Uh, although, you know, right. they, they do have animation staff, so, but, um, right now I'm kind of just assuming this is a model, but, uh, happy to be, you know, surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so whoever they hire as like the character rigor and stuff, they're like, oh, you want me to do this thing too? <laughs> like, this is a, this is a huge order. No pun intended, well, you know, like, but, uh, it is something that I would expect of them. Like th this of is course, right. Of there. course. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah, it would, it would be great to see that in action for sure. And, uh, sooner they get those positions filled, the better, right? Oh yeah. Um, in terms of animations, um, the roadmap says that they've implemented, um, revised one-handed slashing idle animations and auto attacks. Um, they've uh, developed new unique monk staff, uh, idle animations. And we'll talk more about that monk stuff in a bit. Um, and finalized the keyframe concepts or finalized keyframe concepts for casting animations. So Desert, I'm going to throw this one to you right away because you were uh, discussing this last week and just sort of wondering a little, looking for a little clarification on this. Does this um, clear things up in terms of what they said on the live stream about animations? You know, th this is actually really interesting because uh, now it all kind of makes sense now that they've kind of brought this together. And you know, as you specifically said, keyframe like concepts, like that, that phrase, rings true in what they've got here. So they seem to be doing um, basically concept art for what what could be keyframes uh, when they actually do go to animate it. So um, I think it's a great reference in the, in the hands of a good animator. Like they, they look really good and they kind of give you a great idea of what the motion is supposed to be um, and gives them, I'm sure, plenty of inspiration to make some really awesome, like unique animations. So uh Specifically, when because uh, I think these were monk, right? Monk two-handed staff uh, and, mm -hmm. and uh, keyframe concepts. So, uh, but I'm really hoping that the auto attacks that they're talking about are really uh, varied, I guess, um, uh, and of course, like smooth, because um, we see auto attacks more than pretty much anything, right? <laughs> That's it's the <laughs> yeah, default it combat really thing. Um, yeah. and so that's, true. yeah, I, I'd consider a pretty high priority for them to like try to mix it up as best they can and, and, you know, obviously be mm -hmm. as fluid as possible, but uh, I love the concepts. I, I think they are what I would expect from a monk using a two-handed staff. Right. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, that it's just, we'll talk about this more in a bit, but like weapons, every weapon, you know, is so different and they, they animate so differently. Like, you know, um, speaking from a non-animator perspective, it just seems like there's so much to get right and the subtleties can be so difficult. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the last thing from the producer's letter that I want to bring up here is it's kind of a subtle thing. It was sort of like a, almost an afterthought, but it's really cool. They, they said they've added additional audio hooks for day night combat music and transitions. So we don't talk about the audio in the game now that much. Every time they play their, their custom, their, uh, you know, their own music during the, the dev streams, everybody always compliments them and says how awesome it is. But uh, I really dig what they're saying here about 
adding different, you know, audio hooks for the switching between the day and night cycle just adds that other layer of difference. And I, for me, you know, music is very impactful on the mood and and my mood and uh, it changes, you know, my mind in terms of how the world feels. So I'm really affected by it. So this is a nice little touch and you can sort of, the evidence for this, I think is that every time that we've seen Co-Carnage play, you know, on a dev stream live, he always asks, you know, has the combat music gone away? Like where did the combat music (laughs) go? He really likes it. Right. Um, and the response has been like, oh, it's just not hooked up yet. Like it's still there, but it's just not hooked up for this, this build or this evaluation purpose. And, um, you know, this might be something that we get to see uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, but, mm. um, I love, I love this little touch and how important to you Desert, is this, you know, day night combat music sort of differences. Well, I mean, combat music is, is important to me, but kind of only in the sense that it isn't annoying. <laughs> It's like, so like, because because combat music, (laughs) in my opinion, is is probably the hardest um, music to compose because it has to be both Mm -hmm. engaging but also subtle. Um, You know, like it has to be exciting but not in your face. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) not like want to make you tear your hair. Exactly. Um, And so, since I usually kind of measure combat music by how little I hate it, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) <laughs> i don't really have so maybe you're not like the best perspective on this maybe uh somebody with a little bit more of a love for combat music. it's really hard to do well and uh and i think the best combat music is the combat music you don't notice <laughs> at least for me mm. um so i don't have a huge opinion on the change other than they specifically note that you know they're adding like tails um or or however the transitions um for for mm-hmm. combat music which i think i think can really help uh, so we'll we'll see kind of how that goes. Is I, I there are a few little tidbits like that I do really appreciate. Like um, when you end combat in EQ two, for example, it does this like little yes, dun dun dun. Yeah. Uh, that's just it's kind of <laughs> a little victory thing, and uh, it totally does. I had never even thought about that. You're you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but if it's like that, that's that that can be really great, you know. Uh, especially if they have a few variants, so it's not like literally always the same thing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as far as the audio cues, though, um, on the complete other end of the spectrum, <laughs> honestly, uh, like little details like this are, it's why I wish VR could just have a full development team of like, you know, MMO size, sure. like right now, because uh, audio ambience is just such a big immersion factor for me. Like, it, it's just like in real life, if you close your eyes, it, you, like you can, like if you really didn't know, you could tell what time of day it is only by the sounds around you. I'm sure um, whether you're in the city, you're in the country or whatever. My hope is it's the same in, in Terminus, like in, in all places, like uh, being in the middle of throne fast at night should sound so different than what it sounds like during the day uh, or same with being in the wilderness. And so, oh man, I, mm-hmm. I hope they can really pull that off. It, it's one of those things that's like, I, it's not an essential, right? Uh, for yeah. the for the final game, but those just really roped me in. Um, even the yeah. basic sound effects that they used um, yeah. for the the recent HDRP Part Two, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, like that's very simple, I know. <laughs> but it goes along. I was way. just gonna say the same thing. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same thing. Whenever I I review that in my head of watching that stream, I hear the birds chirping still. Yeah, you know, and I hear I hear the the thunder when it was raining and i hear like the the leaves and the yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty cool how much that sticks with you so you know i'm glad that they pay attention to the audio yeah that's uh, pretty important in my mind so let's get to the real uh, feature piece of this newsletter here because whenever they introduce a completely new system to pantheon we need to talk about it <laughs> and uh, this will not be the last discussion we have about this i'm sure because they did just that they introduced something called techniques and I'll be honest, when I, when I first read this, you know, it's, I have a, I I tend to be slow to integrate like a a new concepts and, you know, information and sort of putting it all together. So I like to like read it and then walk away and sort of think about it. And before having any sort of instant reaction to it, I had a hard time sort of finding my opinion on this system. I'm like, you know, what am I going to say on the show about this? Cause I don't really know how I feel about this. And I realized that the reason I couldn't really form an opinion about these was because I didn't really understand it, I guess. So Desiree, I think we should try and wrap our minds around 
what they're going for here and hopefully help our listeners also get a clearer understanding of this. Cause I think this is the stage we're at when reviewing a new system. So yeah. before we give any opinions, let you let's focus on comprehending it first. Um, and I think the best place we can start with this is to remind ourselves, you know, Pantheon has a limited action set. So just, you know, keep that in mind. You have a set number of slots to put your class and class skills and your abilities in, um, you know, and up until now, it's really been your core class abilities. That's the only thing that can go in there. So all your attacks came from either your class abilities or your auto attacks. So the newsletter defines techniques in Pantheon. And this is the quote. It says, a new addition to Pantheon's ability structure. And the quote I think that really helps us understand this is this. It says, what this means is that while each class still has its core suite of abilities to add to the LAS, regardless of the weapon they have equipped, the majority of weapon-centric abilities available for the LAS will differ based on the weapon, the type of weapon the player is wielding. So are you, are you still with me, Desmond? Does it make sense so far if I explain oh, yeah, it well? Yeah, keep going, keep going. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, so so how do we get these techniques? How do we get these, these new things? The newsletter says, techniques are acquired by improving your skill with their corresponding weapon type, creating additional avenues and milestones for player progression. So I think this is basically, you know, it's pretty simple. The more you use something, the better you get at it and the more you can do with it. And this, it's not really a foreign concept um, for MMO players. Uh, you know, even going back to old EverQuest, original EverQuest, you had skills, you had weapon skills. You just didn't have any special skills you attained with them by reaching certain levels, at least not in early EverQuest when I played <laughs> it. Um, so it, it's pretty basic. And it even goes into like modern games like, you know, New World is all about weapon skills. So it's it's a pretty basic thing, right? Yeah, it, it's kind of just, uh, hey, this exists. Why not build on it, you know? So, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. So so the way that they're envisioning this, they say that facilitating uh, using these techniques, you know, VR is, what they said is they're adding another player resource. So it's called readiness. And you build up readiness by just being in combat, basically, is what it appears like. And, it, you know, it talks about damage, you know, a, a, doing damage, receiving damage. Um, but I, I don't know about exactly, you know, what that is, what that looks like. But the point being that it's separate from other class-specific resources, things like the Dire Lord's Essence and the, the Shaman's Vision, which we've seen those demonstrated by VR. Um, and then the last point before I, I ask you, Des, on, on your take here, uh, they talked about class specifics. VR noted that there will be some higher level techniques that are only available to certain classes and certain techniques which aid caster classes with like mana consumption. And those might be uncommon, but very useful for a class trying to fill like a non-standard or like the term flex was was thrown in there in terms of, you know, using the rogue as an yeah. example in the newsletter, how, you know, what role you're performing. So so that's the basics. Now there's tons of avenues for discussion here, Des, but before we, now we've got the baseline understanding. Is there anything I didn't say here you think the newsletter tells us about techniques that's important to understand? Hmm. I think, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add a few things here just to just hopefully ensure that the the audience is, is tracking a little bit. Because So the first thing I would emphasize is that it looks like these techniques won't just be by weapon type only, like ESO. You know, you have like your two-handed weapon skill tree or whatever, right? Right, right. Um, it's actually a mix of a lot of things, which I find kind of interesting. So they said that uh, some of them will be archetype based. So like, are you a melee or are you a caster? Uh, and some will be like class specific as well, which you alluded to. Uh, and I think it was even said that like a lot of them are class specific as well. So yeah, I think so. So I think what that means is a, a cleric wielding a two-handed hammer will get, you know, some of the techniques of other classes that are using a two-handed hammer. But for example, a warrior doing the same probably won't get the same uh, abilities for the most part, right? So you've yeah. got your general weapon abilities, you've got your archetype weapon abilities and class-specific weapon abilities. So there's just a lot of like variance, mm -hmm. um, you know? And, there is. and so uh, I think... I think that's going to add a lot to the, well, okay. I don't want to get into my, my opinions yet. Right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then um, I want to note a few things about readiness as well. So uh, first off, 
I mean, I, I got to get this kind of out of the way because this just kind of crap, cracked me up. Um, the, the first time I was reading about readiness, and I'm sure other people are with me on this, but I just had this picture of like, you know, the uh, the character bars with your health and mana and stamina. And and I just imagine like a stack of like 12 resource bars. <laughs> <laughs> I had the exact same thought when I read this oh. the first time. And I, I mean, but, I, like I, I seriously consider just like making a picture, putting on, on Twitter. But I was like, yeah, that's probably a little mean spirited. Um, and then reading, <laughs> you know, reading more into it. I, honestly, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I feel like what we have now, there's enough crossover that like, I just expect for some consolidation of some kind, right? Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's just, it's right there. And I wouldn't expect them to be like, oh yeah, like, what do we have? Like five bars uh, in general uh, at this point? Well, I think it's four. I mean, it's like you said, health, mana, your class specific resource and now readiness. Yeah. Am I missing one? Well, no, that's one? five. No, your health, mana, class resource, and readiness right That's oh four. sorry I, I was in my head i was putting stamina in there but the, yeah oh yeah. right and yeah endurance you're right yeah. you're right you're right i forgot about uh, uh, see i can count but i can't count what you're saying so um <laughs> 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 but but uh but really um like uh, so a few few things uh is that like well techniques use readiness uh, uh about yeah. the whole like gaining right so not only does the resource naturally go up over time, like like in combat, I'm, I think is the, the general mm-hmm. gist, but it's also sped up by auto attacking or taking hits. Um, you know, we don't mm-hmm. know at what rate, but it definitely seems like being in that is going to uh, get it get it going up faster. But they mentioned you can also bank it as well. So if you just leave it at max and then you just use a, a weapon specific ability as kind of like a, oh crap, you know, um, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so there are different ways you can utilize it that isn't just be in melee range right. and constantly be using it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. You don't become unready over time. <laughs> it, it, it's, it stays, it stays yeah. built up. I mean, unless they introduce, you know, some sort of mob mechanic that drains your readiness possible. or something like totally that. Totally possible. Which is, which, which would make sense, which actually would make sense. And that's kind of the thing like about this is that it, it opens up so many different, you know, um, new combat strategies and, and mechanics they could possibly, you know, look, you know, look at. And, and the way you, the way you, you know, play your class becomes completely changed by this. And in, in some ways, if you're invested in these techniques, if, you, yeah, if, this, if, if you're invested in real, it, yeah. Yeah. If it's a real part of your class, um, makeup, your, the way you've built your character out. And if you're like a serious, you know, hardcore raider, you know, like this is serious business. This is going to really um, affect things. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, another variable. Um, although there, there are a few things that I'm like still kind of trying to puzzle out that I'll kind of add at the end of this um, just because mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure, but it was said. So I want to mention it. Um, so one thing is they said readiness can be stored to unleash more powerful techniques or to execute lower cost techniques in devastating combos. So (laughs) I, I got the impression earlier that, you know, you can store up readiness, like uh, as you would expect, but that they specifically like talk about like unleash more powerful techniques or, lower cost techniques and combos. I don't know if they they actually mean anything specifically there or if they're alluding to yeah. another mechanic that they haven't said. So that's a little vague. Right. Like, are you combining multiple techniques or are you combining a technique with a class ability? Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want to read too much into it, but it does kind of sound like it could, it could be something like that. Um, yeah. It's, it's tough to tell because it's an interesting concept for sure. And I think that this, I think this really works well for some classes and they, they specifically highlight the monk and you can see a monk comboing us, you know, it helps because they gave us that concept art, but um, you know, you can see a monk using multiple techniques in combination just because that's what their fighting style is kind of like, but you know, what does this mean for a wizard? What does this mean for, you know? um, Yes. You know, a shaman, right? It, It doesn't really, Ah, yeah there's so much I, to go I, like uh, for like spoilers like i th- we can get to that um i think i'll 
I'll want to touch on that quite a bit at the end because I think uh, yeah. it's it's the question on a lot of people's minds, right? The, but the other thing, um, just straight from the uh, producer's letter or the the feature at um, that I I wanted to note that I just couldn't figure out was they they just had to add this line uh, later on saying, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, regarding readiness um, that uh, either alone or with teammates. That line, man, like what? <laughs> does that mean like is there like another component to readiness that changes depending on if you're in a group or not like what what, why add well (laughs) well i think it i think it plays into because your teammates let's let's take out readiness and substitute it with mana right so if you have an enchanter in your group your mana is a much more dynamic uh resource pool because you're not only getting like you know you're getting your your clarity whatever they call it in in game i can't remember but um you know it regenerates quicker maybe you've got a mana uh, extra mana pool in another player that can dump it into you and 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 like give you their mana kind of thing so maybe that's what they're alluding to is that readiness could be something that's you know there's an interdependence with classes uh, in terms of yeah because that that unlocks like okay are there buffs that increase readiness gain like oh my god well of course you would think well, there would I, be, I, right? I don't that know. Makes perfect maybe, sense. maybe it's a static thing, like uh, <laughs> like um, stamina regen. Wasn't that supposed to be static uh, for the most part? Well, having followed, you know, both of us having followed VR for long enough, I think we can both <laughs> safely say they're never satisfied with leaving things at a uh, basic level. We're gonna yeah. go like this is gonna get, it's gonna get crazy, and it, not crazy, but it's gonna get more complicated because that's they're a, they're a group that does design like this yeah. and. I do want to go back to one thing for a second um, in the in the first point you made, you know, talking about, you know, um, different classes and the how some classes might have, you know, multiple techniques in both the archetype and their class and just a general one. I'm I'm a little uh, the more abilities you add to one class, the less you need other people. So this kind of touches on what we were just talking about, right? Like no matter how you slice it and dice it the more uh, resources, things that a, one class can do, one player can do on one character, ultimately the less you need other people. And I don't think there's any way around that. So does techniques conflict with that? You know, is that is this a, a conflict of, you know, philosophy and vision when it comes to Pantheon? So I just sort of throw that out there because I like the idea of techniques. I think we like I remember an episode a long time ago when we were talking about something like this and I said, yeah, it'd be awesome to have like the better you get at your bow that I get a cool bow skill that, you know, makes oh, it yeah. you know, like attaching this thing to weapons. Yeah. So yeah. But now, you know, I'm, I'm kind of balking at that a little bit because maybe I'm thinking, you know, does this, does this again, are we getting uh, more solo ability in exchange for a cool new, dimension to your character right so i don't know i don't know the answer yeah that's that's a big one i mean i i think it does give a lot more options like for example if if uh you're a caster that uses a staff and maybe the a basic staff ability is a you know dps staff attack uh you Mm -hmm. would inherently have a, a melee ability as any class that uses a staff um that's a big question that I don't think we would even know the answer to until we see it play out in like a long span, right? Like that's mm-hmm. going to take some real, like not even just like short testing, but like long testing as people really yeah. figure it out. But I do think it could increase uh, the general viability of soloing. I think you did hit that mm-hmm. pretty pretty good there, or at least give us a, a little bit of an extra option. Uh, fortunately with LAS, you still have to make decisions, right? Um, yes. but yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting, man. Yeah. Well, that's a really good segue into the next question I had about this and because it's talking about the LAS. So with this new, because again, these are going to have to be slotted abilities, right? And the newsletter says that, you know, it's a limited action set. You got to make choices about your, what your loadout is, what you're bringing to the fight. So does this mean is the limited action set saying staying at the number that it is right now, or does this justify an expansion of the limited action set? Would they consider increasing the LAS slots to account now for a new thing? You know, maybe it's one more, maybe it's two more. I don't know. And I don't know whether I'm in favor of that or not. Again, it's one of those things that I think that it's going to take time to sort of figure out, but I like the limited action set 
being limited. I've always been a, I've been a proponent of it more or less. Um, but an idea like this, what do you think? Does that justify any kind of an expansion on that philosophy? Oh man, this is going to be a big question. And one that I, I hope and think they are at least a bit flexible on, um, based on testing. I suspect that the LAS is going to fall on like 10 and six. Uh, hmm. Cause right now it's at eight and six, I believe. Right. Yeah. Eight and six. And, yep. uh, and usually the stuff on the, the back bar or whatever, not the back bar. I, oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> not the, 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 <laughs> the passive, passive bar, bar or, uh, or utility or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I think shouldn't change too much because that's where a lot of really big decisions happen, right? Like like buffs, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. I kind of think of it like concentration in EQ2 where like you yes. really have to make sure you know what you're casting. Um, but I think the actives, I, I could see it going up um, both because of this and just for how freaking dynamic um, combat is, seems to be like going for even though we're going to have ability loadouts and all that stuff i i kind of feel like 10 is probably closer to what's going to feel good so that you're not always having to switch your spec (laughs) you know right Uh, right so it's a balancing thing something they'll figure out yeah definitely a thing well and it and it sort of again falls into the same thing we talked about with the multiple resources like as as they build layers upon you know more systems you are always pressed for, um, you know, going beyond a minimalist type of uh, um, user interface or player interface or whatever you want to call it. You know, like, is it justified? Is it worth the extra, you know, uh, screen space real estate it's going to take up or just even the extra mental space it's going to take for your players? And I'm like that I'm not so worried about, but more along the lines of, I mean, we just see so many MMOs with systems upon systems upon systems upon systems. And sometimes I strongly feel like that's used as a crutch for bad game design, where it's just like, we'll make it so complicated and so, you know, unnecessarily clunky and just things, so many things to do that the player thinks that it's them and not the game. Whereas it's actually just bad design. You know, it's not me. It's you, you know, is there anything? So (laughs) I, and I'm, and I'm not saying this is what's happening with Pantheon. I'm just sort of using this as like a, you know, no, that's a um, valid barometer. thing to think about, right? Like, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, lots of interesting stuff there. The only, um, you know, in terms of like, what about class diversity with this techniques being added? Now, you know, with weapon skills becoming more important, like I said, to like the hardcore players, does this, does this more or less make meta a thing, right? Does it become more or less defined with something like this? you know, my, my tendency is to think that it pushes, it pushes a meta a little further, um, towards the player, I guess, or towards the serious, you know, uh, min maxer and that kind of stuff, because, you know, you're going to want to really start building that, let's say the spear or let's say the spear, sure, whatever <laughs> gets an awesome skill once you get to a certain point. Right. And if you're a serious player, who's, you know, going to go for that high level content, you got to start your spear, uh, training early, right? So you're already pegged into one weapon. Um, and you know, it's, you can say like, oh, that, you know, these techniques, the advanced ones that they spoke of with regard to class, uh, core class ones might be, you know, some might be better than others. I think that's fair to say that'll probably be the case. And so how does that, how does that affect the meta? What do you, what do you think about that? Oh man. So, on this, I'm just, I'm just so conflicted, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I think on one hand, yeah, it, it really does increase diversity. Um, and I love that it gives kind of a separate avenue of progression that's not, I mean, it, it's kind of inhibited by level, but it's not raised by level, right? Uh, so, right. But on the other hand, I think the biggest thing on folks' minds, like you mentioned uh, earlier, was like, how does this play into casters? Um, Cause mm-hmm. I mean, it, it all seems very auto attack driven or auto attack centric. So does this mean you're a you know, wizard or enchanter or druid is going to have to <laughs> like auto attack and use melee skills, right? Like if, if the wizard in my group is up there hitting them with their staff, I'm going to be pissed because <laughs> that's not what the wizard's supposed to be doing. <laughs> and I think a lot of people are, 
are thinking that way. And, uh, and because we just have a, so we have a, the, the write-up, right? We have, this is kind of what techniques are. And it seems very auto attack, very melee focused um, or, or melee favored uh, even. And, yeah, yeah, melee favored. And sure. uh, a lot of people have this class fantasy, right? Of like, this is how you play. It's actually, it's a different play style. It really is. And I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes into this. And unfortunately, well, I wouldn't say unfortunately, but kind of unfortunately, the next time we're going to hear about this almost assuredly is going to be with the monk showcase, which is like, this is the perfect system for a monk, right? And so it's going to make it look it really is. good, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, but what I would like to see really is like a practical example of like, how does this play out for a wizard on the day to day? Like, are they going to have to be just auto attacking just to like get their skills up so that they unlock these abilities? Or right, is it just going right. to be something that casters don't really deal with um, unless they really, really want to? It, it, there's a lot of questions, mm -hmm. man. A lot of questions. Yeah. So, th And that's fine. You know, that, that's to be expected. And there should be lots of questions. And I I think that, um, you know, we're, they said that, like you said, there's going to be a probably a demo of this in May with the monk class. That's what the newsletter talked about. Um, so stay, stay tuned for that. Um, yeah. It, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not at a point where I'm going to pass judgment on this yet. I, I think that there's some good and I think there's potentially some bad and potentially some, some really good stuff too. And, and, and I would love to see this work. Um, but, uh, like everything else, it's going to take time to, uh, to test it and figure it out. And, uh, you know, what do you think? Like everybody's listening to this, like, you know, have we explained it well? And do you, what are your opinions on this? Because I think, um, I'd be interested to hear what other people have to say about yeah. this. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, we, we gave the breakdown. I, I, I always get help from, you know, reading as well as listening. So if, if it still doesn't make mm -hmm. sense, um, or, or hope like, hopefully we didn't paint a bad picture of it, you know, um, definitely yeah. read, read the article. It's, it's a really good article and I'm really glad they put it out there. Um, but in general, I I am very much in favor for this, um, like on the melee side. I think this is an insanely awesome melee edition, and I'm open to the caster side because I think it, you know, the the fantasy of it is that a character that decides to invest in something rather unusual will be unique, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I've, I've said that before is something that I really like. I really like that aspect when you go off meta and you do something super weird and it works. That's like, that's the dream, man. Right. <laughs> that's the dream. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of the whole, the balancing is if, if the abilities that you gain from those aren't useful, no one wants them and they're not going to put in the effort. If mm -hmm. they are useful, it's going to be something that's considered like a core part of your class anyway. So it's going to yeah. be really hard for them to balance that out. I think they've got their work cut out for them as far as the caster side goes, but as far as the melee side, I'm so into this. I, I mean, I think yeah. this is amazing. It just further differentiates the melee classes. Yeah. Um, it's excellent, right? Yeah. And then I think the last thing to say about this, and it's a very real concern that I'm sure will hear and, and probably have heard already is how does this affect the, the development timeline, right? Does this, mm. does this increase it? I mean, we've said repeatedly how much testing there is going to need to be to get this right. Um, so I think it would be, you know, probably uh, ignorant to say that it doesn't um, add to the timeline a little bit. Where does it go on the roadmap? Is this part of the alpha, you know, roadmap now? Oh. Are we going to see this next month on the newsletter as part of the alpha roadmap? Again, all open questions for people to ponder and, and think about. So I mean... Is that a is that a good place to to leave this discussion, Des, or what do you think? I mean, off the cuff, you're like, do you think this is feature bloat? No, not yet, not yet. <laughs> All right. It like I said, if I was in a negotiation with with like <laughs> you know like, okay, I will give you this and you will give me this. You know, I would take these techniques the way they've described it in exchange for you know. <laughs> a specified amount of more development time needed because I think it's a good enough thing, but it's, it's, you know, I'm not one to advocate for this game taking longer than it has to. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm torn, I guess, I guess is the bottom line. Oh, well I'm Ember. 
Um, but uh, <laughs> oh wow! So nice. uh, <laughs> beautiful. I I th- I, uh, I think this is the good kind of feature bloat, uh, and that is evolution of systems. Uh, this isn't an entirely new thing. In fact, it's just building off of something that hasn't evolved for decades, and I I can yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. that. Um, and I think now is the time. You know, we're very you know still early on. So they still have the opportunity to put this in. If it completely doesn't work, they can scrap it. You know, um, yeah, no. it's a, it's a little bit of extra time, but it's not a whole new system. It's not like they're suddenly like, oh yeah, we're also adding player housing for launch. You know, or you know, yeah, it, that's it's, true. It's just that's building true. on the the core combat system. Um, so I, I I would say it's kind of feature bloat. But at the same time, not in a necessarily bad way. I think this is the most responsible way they could be doing this. So, yeah. Sure. Agreed. And it, you know it comes from a place of we want the game to be interesting, challenging, and fun. Like, you know that that's where it's coming from. So I'm, I, I can get yeah. behind that. And different. I, I got to point that out. You know, they, yes. they have to distinguish themselves. And um, I don't know about you, but whenever I play a game or watch a movie or uh, like do anything where I see something done differently that just like clicks and makes sense. I'm always, I always have that moment of like, wait, like why doesn't, why didn't everyone do this? What, why did it take so long? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I hope a lot of new players to Pantheon get that feeling a lot, you know? <laughs> so Sure. Agreed for sure. Good stuff. Okay. So anyway, are ready to move on or anything else from the newsletter you wanted to touch on? Oh, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't note the interview with Chris Rowan. Um, I mean, I, we probably <laughs> yeah. don't have enough time to dig into it fully. Right. But, uh, I would say it's like a, it's a really great read. Um, he's very transparent and straightforward with a lot of stuff. And, uh, it just, it gives me confidence, man. Like, like VR is really going for the, like, like doing it right. Like actually doing it right <laughs> in, in multiple fronts, you know? <laughs> I know what you're. I know what you're not saying, and it's what everybody's saying is, "Thank God they're not doing NFTs." <laughs> there is that. That's the. That's the only thing I took, and that's not the only thing I took away. It's a good article. You're right. Good interview, and I've heard it. You know, his interviews before have been really uh, interesting. But that's honestly, that's the takeaway here is they're not doing that NFT crap. So. Yep, and and it, that kind of Happy clarity, dance. that kind of like put the foot down, I think was a very positive thing. I'm very glad he did that. Absolutely. That's a good place to yeah. leave it. So <laughs> check out the newsletter, go read it for yourself and um, and uh, to let us know what you think. In terms of uh, Pantheon Plus, uh, next week is our 2022 Dungeon Group draft, as we've said before. Uh, so at Hard at Work is our commissioner, our friendly fire wizard, Drac. <laughs> he is the, uh, <laughs> he's putting all the pieces together and he's making promos because he loves making promos. So we got another promo video here to whet your appetite. So check this out. Okay, so that's fun. Um, I also want to mention it's the last call. The last time you're going to hear me say this, but voice messages, Rewind 100 is next week. We've we've had some come in and they're awesome and I can't wait to share them. But uh, if you want to be eligible to win a Pathfinder's Pledge, make sure to get me uh, or Desrin your voicemail, uh, voice message before Wednesday, April 27th. Uh, you can email me, Theric, at Pantheon.plus or you can DM me on Discord or Desrin on Discord and uh, I've, they're going to be epic. So looking forward to that. Our weekly uh, calendar for content this uh, week, April 25th through to May 1st, Monday, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Crip Fox is playing uh, Dead by Daylight, and he's talking about some Pantheon stuff on his show. He's he's starting to you know integrate some Pantheon conversation into his streams, so check that out and uh, hang out there. Midnight on Monday, Drax playing EverQuest with his pals and uh, the EQ crew. Uh, Tuesday, again, like it's our dungeon group draft. Wednesday, Sparrow's streaming Lord of the Rings Online on Twitch, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Krosinger has the final chapter to Sway of Storms coming up on the Pantheon Plus website on Thursday. This is the end of the epic yeah. tale, so can't wait for that, right? <laughs> so Friday, Redbeard Flynn uh, has a video going up talking uh, about EverQuest progression and doing a deep dive there. 
And uh, yeah, that's it for our, for our week of content here at Pantheon Plus, and it's uh, the VR news and notes for this week. The Pantheon community is full of cool projects, new people, and things that are just worth sharing. Hmm? What's this over here? <gasps> Look at that. So let's see what we can find in this week's Community Spotlight. Hey, we've actually got quite a bit to go over in this Community Spotlight. Uh, it, it makes me happy, man. It's, like it's <laughs> yeah. been a while. Um, but, uh, but yeah, first off, uh, let's get into some fan fiction. Uh, we've got uh, H. Weissen Thales Red Scrawlings 6, and this is from none other than Weissen. Um, it's going to be up on the Pantheon.plus website for anyone that wants to check that out. Um, I'm happy to see more stuff from Wizen. Uh Yeah, it's been a while. Since, and I, I'm always impressed with your pronunciation abilities when you're <laughs> with his articles because they're very elven and tend to be difficult to say. <laughs> Until he calls me out and says like, oh, no, it's actually Thales yeah. Red. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Until further notice, that's what it's called. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's the fan fiction. But as expected, we got a ton of Pantheon-related video content this last week, you know, with the uh, the dev stream and, and everything. Um, we also got a, a little bit of special surprises, which I'll, I'll get to at the end um, if you hadn't heard about it already. But uh, So first off, uh, we've got uh, Bazgrim. Uh, he's been super busy this week uh, getting out uh, Baz Flash, uh, and this is kind of mainly covering what you mentioned with uh, Chris Rowan, uh, his whole hard stance against NFTs and Pantheon. Um, I like what Bazgrim did. He said NFT stands for not for Terminus. Dude, that was so, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's too clever. That's awesome. Um, pretty clever. But uh, also, he's got a full-length video as well, um, and this is covering kind of soloing in Pantheon, which is obviously inspired by the recent Parting the Veil podcast. But, you know, as usual, really, really well done, well-researched, and, uh, you know, great Basgrim kind of moral of the story kind of a thing. I love it. It's also a little bit beyond last week, but uh, Baz did also, like, his watch party, right? Um, and this is the day after the last mm. dev stream. So, you know, I didn't quite get it in uh, for the rewind. But uh, I... <laughs> Let's just say uh, it, it got partly hilarious, particularly hilarious, right? Yeah, there's a, a special feature, a, a moment in time that will live in infamy. <laughs> yep, yep. And I don't <laughs> want to, uh, I don't want to spoil it. So go ahead and uh, check the show notes for the link if you haven't uh, seen it already. Um, <laughs> and similarly, you know, since I'm already bending the rules a little bit, uh, Nathan Napalm uh, also got a summary video from the last stream. Uh, I've and I mostly want to mention this as well, just because I kind of make fun of his pronunciation of Sirhirith, man. Um, yes. And, and yours as well. You're leaving out the, the, the first R. Like, come on, man. Me? You, I'm saying Sohirith. You said Sohirith. It's Sohirith. I very much pronounced the what? S-O-R is... there, but yeah. Hold on. Okay. Keep going. I, I, I got to look you now. Go ahead what? and look it up. Is it's that... Sohirith, man. Um, I... <laughs> I've going, ruined Theric's day. Uh, so <laughs> totally ruined my now, day. Uh, You're totally right. It is Sorhirith. How did I well, not know that? Oh my God. I've just lost the, all my credibility. The more you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, but, wow. Okay. Uh, but also we've got our guy, uh, Redbeard Flynn, who also put out a video recap in that recent news from Pantheon's development uh, with his own, you know, spin of fun and silliness and, uh, he also managed to uh, offend a pretty significant part of the community, I would say. <laughs> um, he kind of prioritizes the necromancer over rogues and rangers. Um, that's uh, yep. pretty audacious. Um, uh, I think he knows. It's just my <laughs> my day just keeps getting worse. Just keeps at least you have worse. someone to take it out on now. Um, it, I mean, he, <laughs> dude, true, he even yeah, got yeah. me with that good old HDPR again. Uh, yes. He's doing yes. it just to spite That's true. you, man. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to that last uh, sugar on top here. So this is a nice little surprise. We got uh, Josh Corbett from the YouTube channel Countdown uh, doing an interview with the man himself, Chris Joppa Perkins. So uh, this was actually announced kind of last minute, but it was uh, recorded live on Twitch. Uh, fortunately, I was able to watch it in real time uh, as well as the YouTube video. Um, it was a really solid interview, man. <laughs> it was very solid. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, there was lots of good, lots of good information here. And um, I don't think we have time to get into everything. And I think it's probably we could do it in a different um, do it on another show. And we um, want to break down some of the stuff they talk some of the stuff they talked about. But um, yeah, there there's there's a few really good points. And um, I thought he did a really nice job interviewing him um, in terms of, you know, opening the door for uh, you know, information that we may not have heard before, but also just sort of impressing a little bit when the time was right. So I thought he did a really nice job. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always nice to see Joppa in that kind of, I don't know, candid frame. Right. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and the questions were excellent. Um, really happy with Josh, uh, doing that interview. And it seems like he's usually a wow, um, channel, uh, more or less, but, uh, I'm really glad to see the crossover. I mean, we're seeing more and more crossovers from other, other games, other communities, yep. right? And, uh, and yeah, I just got to say, you did a great job with the interview. Um, so very much worth mm-hmm. a watch. It's on the channel called Countdown. Uh, of course, all the links are going to be in the show notes. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you did watch it, feel free to let us know. Jump on the Discord, break it down with us. But uh, that is going to be it for this week's Community Spotlight. Sit back and relax. It's time for The Lore You Know. Okay, so with the recent sights of Sorhirith and the work being done to construct the home of the halflings, I think it's time we learn a little bit more about the race and themselves. So uh, this week, let's hear about what life's like for the halflings on their homeworld and what led them to the forests of Wild's End. You know, they're short in stature, but the halfling lord definitely measures up, as we'd come to expect from the mind of Jan Gerhardt, Pantheon's lead writer. So... Here's my reading of those words and this week's Lore You Know. It is said that if you spend one day on Terminus, spend it in the company of the halflings and their hideaway town. An inherent mirth and musicality sit atop their combustible depth, which make friendships easy, passions inflammatory, and loyalty inescapable. And like many of the castaways on this globe, The halflings were not always so composed. At one time, a people of full stature, their lot was to roam across the vastness of their ancient homeworld of Hereth, under constant fear for their survival. Thereby, through the people known as the Kiri, was the town of Kirin Sound born, a name taken to honor their protector Kirin, the Ward of Flame. For there were six wards of Hereth, though Kirin loved this race above them all, and they had adopted his name in thankfulness to his care. But the Ward of Flame was not charged to watch over the Kiri. Rather, his was to rule over a race beneath the surface of Hereth. Yet Kirin loved the Light and his people, though as punishment for his rebellion, he was sworn to never speak to the Kiri, yet could lead them in silence for a time. But in this hour, the discernment of bravery of a young Kiri named Marthas rallied his nomadic race to claim a land for their own. For many years, they had feebly escaped from one habitation to the next, fleeing a dogged adversary known as the Faroth. Yet, in the mountains of Amal, Marthas led a defense against the Faroth. In the height of battle, the ward Kirin added to the first sight and granted him a first magic to wield fire. From this, the Farath retreated, never to threaten the people again. And so too did the Ward of Flame forever depart, never having uttered a single word to the race he so long watched over. And that is the lore you know. Now, I might need to uh, go back and check that for how many times I mispronounced <laughs> Sorhirev. I'm so sorry, man. I, I feel like no, I've, man, I've absolutely you ruined sometime. you. But uh, yeah, I... A At least bit. it wasn't as bad as Nathan. So yeah, I'm sorry, Nathan. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I know. I, I, but that's 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 like Nathan. That's like right. His, he embraces his it. Style is he's so excited and he's so into it that it's like the pronunciation doesn't matter. It's just about the. Ah, I love totally, this thing. You know, totally. Like, yeah, so. I love it. I love it. So man. anyway. Anyway, man, that's that's 99 episodes that are done for us. And uh, I was uh, going to sing a song here, but I'm not going to do that because that's just going to be silliness. And I've already embarrassed myself with my Aww. mispronunciation of the halfling city. So I won't do that for everybody. And plus, you know, if I did start singing, 
we probably never get to episode 199 so <laughs> we'll just skip that whole thing but we're definitely on the cusp of a milestone here des and and thank you so much for being my partner in oh this man ride. this is it's been such a great ride such a great journey and uh I, I can't wait for 100 but i'm already just like in the rhythm man like i i hope people are going to show up for 100 in excitement and really enjoy what we have to offer um hopefully wins win some awesome pledges and it's yeah. going to be really, really fun. I'm going to have such a good time, but also I'm, I just love doing this. I'm, I'm happy to move forward, do more, um, see how we can expand and it's exciting times. Man. Totally. It is a very exciting time. So me too, man. And uh, everyone, thank you for hanging out with us as always. We would not be getting to episode 100 without you. Um, remember, you know, check our Discord coming out with us there and keep talking about Pantheon with us because that's what we do over there. Um, and subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on our Twitch channel, all that good stuff for more MMORPG content. And give me those voice messages. Wednesday, April 27th is the deadline. So with that said, we'll see you at episode 100. So cheers. So here with Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers and thanks for listening.